Hello everyone. Welcome to our podcast Microfinance. Today we will tell you about the history of microfinance. Microfinance involves supplying financial services and products to disadvantaged populations that are excluded from the traditional banking system. It all began slowly in Bangladesh, in the village of Jobra, before transforming into the global economic activity it has become today. Below is the exceptional history of the system that, in the words of its originator Muhammad Yunus, liberates people's dreams and helps the poorest of the poor to achieve dignity. The concept of microfinance is not new in earth. Microfinance operated for centuries between us with different name in different countries, like Susas in Ghana, Chit Funds in India, Tendas in Mexico, Arisan in Indonesia, Chitu in Sri Lanka, Tontines in West Africa, and Pasanaku in Bolivia. In the early 1700s, Irish loan fund system, stabilized by nationalist Jonathan Swift, was one of the earlier and longer-lived microcredit organization providing small loans to rural poor with no collateral. This idea was grown slowly but in 1840, this organization was in peak and served loan to 20% of Irish household annually. In the 1800s, various types of larger and more formal savings and credit institutions began in Europe, organized primarily among the rural and urban poor. These institutions were known as people's banks, credit unions, and savings and credit cooperatives. The concept of the credit union was developed by Friedrich Wilhelm and his supporters. There this action was motivated to rural population, to break out of their dependence on money lenders and to improve their welfare. From 1870, the credit unions expanded rapidly over a large sector of the province and other regions of the German states. The cooperative movement quickly spread to other countries in Europe and North America, and eventually, cooperative movement was supported by the developed and developing countries. The first savings and loan cooperative opened in 1879 in Germany's Rhineland. In the early 1900s, this model was adopted by various parts of rural Latin America. While the goal of such adoption of rural finance was usually defined in terms of modernizing the agricultural sector, they usually had two specific objectives. First, increased commercialization of the rural sector by mobilizing idle savings and second, increasing investment through credit. These banks for the poor were not owned by the poor themselves, but by government agencies or private banks. So after some years, these institutions became abusive in rural though microcredit. Between the 1950s and 1970s, governments and donors focused on providing agricultural credit to small and marginal farmers in hopes of raising productivity and incomes. But this was failed due to massive intermediaries and poor repayment. Meanwhile, starting in the 1970s, Experimental programs in Bangladesh, Brazil, and a few other countries extended tiny loans to groups of poor women to invest in micro-businesses. This type of micro-enterprise credit was based on solidarity group lending in which every member of a group guaranteed the repayment of all members. These micro-enterprise lending programs had an almost exclusive focus on credit for income-generating activities in some cases accompanied by forced savings schemes, 
targeting very poor, often women, borrowers. Modern microfinance thus emerged in one of the world's poorest countries, Bangladesh. Muhammad Yunus, an economics professor, came to a staggering observation. The free market had failed to keep famine from ravaging his country. The effort to fight poverty, including aid and subsidies, was not achieving its aim, and the banking system was incapable of providing for these poor populations. In the village of Jobra, Yunus decided to deliver a personal loan to a group of 42 women to help them start a business. And it worked. These female makers of bamboo stools took advantage of the loan to boost their productivity, before repaying the sum in its entirety. The act established the basic principles of modern microfinance, combating poverty through microcredit, and primarily serving women in emerging countries. Muhammad Yunus was determined to replicate this first microcredit experience elsewhere. After receiving a negative response from the banking system, he decided to create his own program, Grameen. It offered small loans to poor populations, with no financial guarantees required in return. It also ushered in the principle of joint responsibility, which involves solidarity between the members of beneficiary groups. Finally, the program targeted women, who had been traditionally excluded from the financial system. Though it was a bold gamble, the program was an immediate success. In 1983, Grameen Bank, known as the Bank for the Poor, opened and recorded as banking establishment. The bank opened many new branches, which are now present in over 80,000 villages. Estimates suggest that the bank has extended credit access to over 7 million beneficiaries in Bangladesh, 97% of whom are women. The 1980s and 1990s saw the model exported around the world through the intermediaries of NGOs and financial institutions. Soon a full-fledged microfinance industry emerged in developing countries. Many other institutions gradually expanded the global microfinance network. Dozens of microfinance institutions, MFIs, set up in India, Banco Sol and the Axion Network opened in South America, and AD began operating in Europe and the Mediterranean Basin. The early 21st century marked the international rise of microcredit. While the first microcredit summit took place in Washington in 1997, the G8 outlined the principles of microfinance in 2004 tracing the contours of a new economic sector. The UN named 2005 the International Year of Microcredit, and Muhammad Yunus won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006.